everybody. Welcome to the Two Peas on a Pod podcast again. This is one of your hosts, Austin Griffiths, with another interview here today again with Pastor Jason Painter for part two of his personal testimony. We told you we was going to have him back on the podcast, and here he is. And so we're going to keep continuing with his personal testimony. Stay tuned, and we hope you enjoyed the last part. And uh, we're back with him today. Welcome back, Brother Jason. Thank you, Brother Austin. It's good to be here. Well, we just enjoyed the first part of your testimony. Everything you had to say was just wonderful. And I'm just believing it's going to touch somebody and help somebody. And just some good advice from somebody that's already went through it. And uh, But on the last part of the episode, we talked about how you had, uh, you know, I'm not going to go through all of it, but how you had gotten the scholarship and you was at Marshall University. And, uh, and so you had talked about different things that had happened. And so uh, you graduated, became a nurse. You can talk about that here. And uh, you was going to Flatwoods Church there. And we're just going to try to jump in from there and uh, move on and tell us what happened. All right. Yes, um, I graduated nursing school, was working at St. Mary's Medical Center in Huntington, West Virginia. We were going to Flatwoods Church there and uh, started having a couple kids. And I'm trying to think it was... It was it was January 2010. We was praying about starting a church in Huntington, West Virginia, and uh, <clears throat> we had checked some things out, and just nothing really seemed to pan out. And we was praying about what to do, whether we should do. So, uh, kind of make a long story short, my wife had went down to uh, uh, like a secondhand store, pretty close to where we live, there in the west end of Huntington, and she was talking to them, and they they're like, we're closing up. And uh, we're we're closing down, and she's like, "What's going in this building?" They're like, "We don't know, but we're we're uh, going out of business." So she came home to me, and she said, "I found us a building we can we can start a church in." And uh, so we just didn't run right into it, you know. So we started praying about it, and the ministers' conference was coming up. The, uh, it was always the last week of January, right? So we went to the ministers' conference praying. For the will of God, you know, whether he wanted us to start a church or not. And I guess I probably struggled with it more so than her because the church I grew up in, you know, we I had a bunch of cousins, I had a bunch of family, a bunch of little kids that I grew up with, and we had Raylan and Reese at the time, our, our two oldest daughters. And I knew starting a church, there would be nobody, you know, no kids. So I struggled with that aspect more so than, than Michelle did. And um, she, she didn't... It didn't bother her near as bad as it did me. So here's the way I was looking at it. You know, start a new work, rip my kids out of a church, out of Sunday school, you know, go start a church, and you don't know how it's going to go. And there's just a lot of questions there, you know, how it would turn out. You know, if it was really, this this was my prayer, is it really going to be worth it stepping out, doing a work for God? That was my prayer. That was what I was struggling with. Right. Well, that's a lot, you know, music and singing and, mm-hmm. you know, you're the only preacher and I've heard you tell it many times. It was you and your wife. Her mom and dad. And her mom and dad <laughs> and them kids. And so if you got up and preached on hell, like you said in the last episode, it didn't give you many options. It not give you much option. <laughs> Preaches on your mother-in-law. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and... Uh, you know that was a struggle too, and I'm, I sort of make fun of that. But I have I have great in laws, but uh, that's who it was. The four of us, you know, at the start. But the Lord Lord was gracious, as you know, and folks start coming in pretty pretty quickly, and we start building the church pretty 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 good. But 
um, to get back to the minister's conference before we started a church, you know, and that was my prayer. And guess what? God's a good God. The very first service at the minister's conference, I think it was the first preacher. If not the first, it was the second. I think it was the first preacher that year. Brother John Gabbard was scheduled the morning service. Uh, well, they start on Tuesday. So, yeah. so it was Tuesday morning. I'm pretty sure he was the first preacher. And uh, you know how Brother John, how the Lord used Brother Gabbard through the years. Of course, he didn't know me or know what I was praying about. I was sitting back in the crowd, and he pointed that finger back, and he said, somebody come to this meeting praying about whether to step out for God. He said, and he said the very words I'd been praying. He said, you never know if it's going to be worth it until you step out and see what God can do. And that was my answer. That was enough. I could have left minister's meeting right then. I had my answer. Yeah, that's first awesome. service, first preacher. And uh, service was over. Michelle and I knew the Lord had spoke to us. And uh, Did you ever tell Brother John about that? Yes. I, I later had a chance to tell yeah. him. I think at one of the men's advance meetings, they had the men's okay. down there. Yeah. He's an that? awesome man. He was just here a few weeks ago at the home church. Yes. Brother Gabbard's a great man, great preacher. And, and so, anyway, I had my answer. I told Michelle, I said, when we get home, we're going to go. If a fat building's still available, we're going to put a deposit down, start a church. I told you, uh, I start to say your dad, your father-in-law, Brother Curtis, <laughs> he was down there. I told several preachers, you know, yeah. that I'm close with. I said, when I get home, I'm starting a church. So, you know, we started to get excited. Yeah. And so we go home, and sure enough, the building was still available, a little storefront building. Um, we put down a deposit, and, it, you know, it was pretty expensive getting started. First month's rent, I think they wanted last month's rent, damage deposit. I mean, yeah. we we didn't have nothing as far as equipment, music, you know, musical instruments, uh, PA systems. We end up building us a little platform to stand on. I mean, you know, it cost four or five thousand dollars, but thank God the Lord helped us. You know, we we started a church. No church anywhere around Holiness Church in Huntington. You're right, yeah. and hasn't been it's a, a big old town for years. Huntington, really? it's a college town. I mean. I think now it's about 50,000 people, but back in years ago when it was booming, 100,000 people town. Wow. Um, There's no Holiness Church anywhere around West Virginia yeah, that not, I know of. Not in that area. In, in, you know, in the area. Yeah, I mean, for, for a long while. Hours, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I lived in Huntington for several years, went to college there, was driving a pretty good distance to go to church, and this always had a burden for that area, and finally the Lord opened things up. And so um, we went home, started that church, Brother Kurt. Brother Daniel Miller and my uncle, Brother Larry Stevens, drove down and we built us a little altar and, I mean, a, a platform and got that old building ready and excited to have church, you know. And so uh, we started having church and, uh, you know, it, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was just immediate, but, you know, there's several, with anything, there's going to be some long suffering, right. several services, just me and my family sitting there preaching to you and your family. But as the weeks rolled by, we had one come another one come and uh you know i could sit here all night or all day and until but uh two old ladies that that was really god sent they were old saved sanctified ladies you know they didn't know much about pentecost but they lived a good standard sister martin i don't know if you remember her or not hester martin and sister kirk they started coming and they was just tickled to death thankful to have a church to go to so that that starts building my confidence up you know the right. lord really put us here and just uh, you know, folks started getting saved. This this one started coming. Before you knew it, we hadn't been there seven or eight months. We had twenty twenty five people, and that's uh, great. So it built up pretty quick, you know, considering. And uh, so by this point, <clears throat> um, 
it, it's kind of a and my wife still says I'm crazy to this day but we was having revival I can't remember exactly who it was either brother Caleb Howard or brother Nathan Morris one of those two was going to preach revival I was a couple miles down the road passing out little flyers revival you're you're invited you know trying to yeah. get people come to revival and I was in down there on Jackson Avenue of course where our church is today and I passed the sign of a church said good shepherd holiness church and the Lord spoke to my heart and said right here's your building <laughs> and you're talking about something that'll humble you down I was like my building and uh, that's when the Lord first spoke to me of course I didn't tell nobody that because people would think you're crazy but I told my wife Right. told her what happened i was like michelle i was down there and uh the lord spoke to me said we've got a church down there she said don't tell nobody because they're going to think you're nuts <laughs> that sounds a lot like <laughs> so anyway um this this how the lord works in the process of time that that old saint that i was saying sister martin mm -hmm. she uh we got talking i said well, where'd you used to go to church and she said good shepherd holiness church wow so something you know, ignited again. in my heart, and I was like, "Wow!" So I didn't tell her right then, but in the process, two, three, four months after I got to know her, I had a lot of confidence in her, and she and she liked me. I, I told her one day, I said, "Sister Martin, the Lord spoke to me and said He's got a building for me," and it, and I told her the name of it, and she about started shouting. Everybody else thought I was crazy, but she about started shouting. Wow! And she said, um, "If the Lord spoke that to you, she said God will bring it to pass." And uh, she came to church another night, and she, she brought me the name of a man's name, Don Williams, with his phone number. She said, there's not very many folks, because I, I had tried to go there two or three times. Nobody was ever there. So I think there was only having church on Sunday mornings, you know, like 10 o'clock or something. All their other services had been canceled because they didn't know had four or five old people coming. So she said, I'm going to give you the old man that I know of. He was the last living trustee, the guy over the church. Mm -hmm. She said, you pray about it, and when the Lord speaks to you, you call him. So uh, that's exactly what I did. I prayed. I had his number for, I'd say, at least a month. So, and, you know, in the process of time, we had had a church by this point about seven to eight months. And um, the Lord spoke to me. I'm pretty sure it was a Saturday morning. I've been praying. I mean, how do you call somebody up and say, I've got a storefront building with people and no church, and you've got a church and no people. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds good to me. <laughs> so anyway, I called this old brother up on a Saturday morning, and I kind of forgot to tell you, but I had a radio broadcast going through through all this too. Uh -huh. We was on WMM, big gospel station in Huntington at the time, preaching every Sunday, and so I finally called this this old brother up, brother Don Williams, and uh, and and found favor in his eyes real quick seemed like and he had knew me from the radio he said hey i've heard you on the radio so wow. he like he he'd already heard me preach that's good he said he liked my preaching and uh we just got to talking and i i was telling him about several of them old saints that had left their church and and was coming to our church well they didn't really leave that church they that good shepherd had had issues they were saved sanctified church and they had had issues and so a lot of those people had left, and they weren't going to church anywhere. So when oh. they heard about us, they started coming to our church. So I did not split the church or nothing. But anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, um, you know, we got to talking, and I, and I got to express an interest in the church. And how I did it to this day, I still can't remember exactly how I pulled that over, but you know, I basically asked him, you know, what 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 was I going to do with the church? I heard they weren't having church very often. And he said, I tell you what, you know, something got a hold of his heart. 
He said, I know this. He said, I told all the old timers that I would keep the doors open as long as I could. He said, I'm 80, I think it was 82 or 83. He said, I'm up in my 80s now. He said, I'm getting weak. I'm not able to, to keep doing this. He said, and I've been praying for, for two years for the Lord to do something. He said, but I got up early this morning. He said, and I felt like I prayed it through. And I said, Lord, what are you going to do with this church? He said, and the Lord spoke to him. He said, get ready. I'm sending you a man. <laughs> <laughs> so that very morning, wow. I called him. You know, after the Lord, he said it spoke to him. And I felt like the Lord had spoke to me to call him. And so I called him. And to make a long story short, he said, hey, we're going to come down and have church with you all. And I want you all to come up and have church with us. And we'll see what the Lord is going to do. So to make a long story short, that's what happened. They come down and had a service or two with us. And we went and had a service or two with them. And within three months, which I'm pretty sure it was before the one-year mark, it, it was, it was, yeah, I remember now, it was definitely before the one-year mark of us having a church, he had signed that church over to us, free and clear. The church, I know, it's a 30 by 80 brick building. They had some money in the bank, but they just didn't have nobody hardly coming. Uh -huh. And uh, within, within three months' time of us having church together, because I had a lot of people giving me instruction, they're like, oh, you better not merge churches because then then they can kick you out but you know i mean they didn't have no way of kicking us out because he signed the building over to us yeah he didn't sell it to you no 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 he signed it over signed to it you. over to it which and we still probably need to do something about that because it's it's a sole proprietor that's the way that church was written up and he was the last living man on the deed and he signed it over to me and someone else in our church but we need to get that straightened up down the road, but it's kind of odd. But I own the church, <laughs> but uh, that just goes to show you how the Lord, yeah. how the Lord will and can work things out. And so we had a burden to start a church, and we started in Huntington, West Virginia, in a storefront. And within less than a year's time, we're 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 in a church, thirty by eighty brick building, paid for, having church, doing yeah. doing the work of God. Yes, sir. Nice place good location to see souls come in and so god done a lot of things you know that that's an awesome miracle in itself how god just gave you a church and like you said money in the bank you didn't have to buy just free and clear you know mm -hmm. just everything and uh people started coming people started getting saved people started coming from a little bit everywhere and uh different miracles i've heard you tell over the years you know we've been friends since i came around about nine a little over nine years ago I've heard you tell many testimonies of just different things. So just kind of share with us some of the things that God done from you know that point on. Yes. Um, so so yes, the Lord gave us the church, and you know we have church people getting saved and people starting to come in. But uh, the church didn't need a lot of work. So right off the bat, we we had to put a new roof on, which cost quite a bit. We I still don't understand those old timers was parking on grass out to the side, pulling you know when it would rain. They had a muddy parking lot. So we poured a concrete parking lot. We, you know, we spent quite a bit of money updating, remodeling the building, but uh, and and then the Lord just started putting things together. The uh, the fellow across the street, he lives. We're right in town, so right, right around our church is other houses. Um, the house right beside of us was vacant, but next to it was the old man that owned the house. Well, his, he had actually gave it to his daughter, and um, he came to our church. People had blocked his driveway a time or two. And made him a little bit, you know, upset. So mm -hmm. I'd put up with that a few times. And he come over one night when church was over and kind of knocked on the door. And he said, 
And he said he wanted to speak to me. So I come back there, and he's like, well, church is over. I want to talk to you. And I thought, well, he's he's going to go. <laughs> go. He's going to get on to me for blocking his driveway. I, I told two or three of them brothers, I said, y'all go with me. I've put up with this four or five times. I'm done with this. We're going to go talk to this old man. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we get over, and he's like, and he didn't say nothing about anybody blocking his driveway, and he's in a good mood. So I was like, well, that's a little bit different. And he's like, y'all walk out back with me. So I'm like, what's he going to do? Take us back there and shoot us. <laughs> so uh, we go out back, and he, he points to a vacant lot, which is right behind our church. And he's like, what do you think about that lot back there? He's like, I said, yeah, I like that. We was talking. I didn't really know what his intention was. I said, that's a nice-looking vacant lot sitting there. And he's like, would you be interested in it? And I was like, well, we might be. You know, I don't know if we can afford it and all that kind of stuff. He said, I ain't asking if you can afford it. He said, all I'm asking is, he knew I was a lawn, I was a grass uh-huh. landscaper. He said, all I'm asking is you keep the grass cut and I'm going to sign it over to the church. <laughs> so right off the bat, God That's gives awesome. us a vacant lot right behind the church. And then in the process of time, as I said, his daughter owned the house right beside the church. And uh, and she got she had a quilt, little quilting shop or something. They did quilting in that little house. And uh, she got tired of keeping the maintenance up on the house, so they gave us a very good deal to buy that little yellow house. And uh, so now we use it for a fellowship hall. It, one of these days we'd like to build something better, but it works for now. It's, yeah. a, it's a house that we've converted and took the, the rooms and put tables and chairs in it to have a fellowship hall. So the, the Lord opened that up. And just, I mean, you just name it. One thing after another, God just keeps moving and, and, uh, and blessing us in every direction and uh, it's always built my faith up and uh, I know every instance is not like this but the Lord I think probably knows that my faith's not great so I got to see miracles time after time <laughs> and uh, just to know that the Lord is still in things and God's on your side and God's going to help you just like an evangelist in your case you know it, it helps to know when you see the hand of God move and right. and you look back and you say only God could have did that right Prove to you you're in his will. Yes. Over and over and over. Yes. So um, you know, as you said, we're we're right in the in in town, houses all around us, kind of a rougher area, uh, several blocks on down. And so we had a burden for those for those kids, those little poor kids in that area and and I I had visited a church in the area that's having revival. Well, you know, Calvin Ray. <laughs> Calvin Calvin Ray was, was in our area, so I thought I'm gonna go go listen to Calvin Ray. And so the church that I showed up to was closer to my house, mm-hmm. and um, and after church I spoke with the pastor some, you know, and we just got talking. I guess he kind of liked me. I don't know, and, but anyway, he knew me because he knew he knew that I was the guy that cut a lot of grass in that area. And so to make a long story short, we were praying about a church van, and so uh, I had just got up on a Sunday and I said, "Hey, you guys pray, you know, if it be the Lord's will, He works something out. We find a good van cheap." Or, you know, God works something out. We can start busting these kids in for Sunday school. And uh, so anyway, that very Monday, after I'd asked the church to pray, old Roger Mooney is his name. Roger called me, the pastor of that church that I had visited. Of course, they're, you know, they're not holiness like we are. But anyhow, he called me. He's like, hey, Jason. He said, and of course, I knew they had three vans. I'd seen them parked there. Mm -hmm. He's like, we got three church vans. We run two pretty regularly, but he said one is just sit there for well over a year. He said the battery's dead, and uh, would y'all be interested in a church van? And I said yes, sir. I just asked the church to help us pray. You know, we're we're interested in a church van, and uh, so 
and they gave us a price it was a cheap price you know it was a good deal but where they were a, a bigger church they had to do things official so we had to write up a proposal i'm sorry we had to write up a proposal you know uh, yes we're willing to give this much money for the van blah 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 uh -huh. and so uh, we did that we wrote a proposal up saying we wanted to buy the van for such amount of money and i put down at the end of it and i said may god help and bless us to fill it up, you know, with this West End kids, bring them in to church, you know, get people saved, whatever we wrote in that little proposal. And when they took it before the board of the church, it touched them so much. They said, don't don't sell that church, that van. Don't sell the van to that church. Just give it to them. So they gave <laughs> us the church van. That's awesome. So now we've had church give to us, church van give to us, a, lot, a vacant lot behind the church give to us. So you can just see the hand of God moving in every direction. And, uh, and it has to be that way because I pray many times. I say, oh, God, if you ever take your hand a blessing off of us, we'll fold up tomorrow. Right. It takes God's hand. It takes it his blessing every single day. We can't make one Sunday without the hand of God helping us. Well, pioneering a, a, a church anywhere, you know, is it, just a tough, tough, tough thing to do. I've preached for many pioneer works, you know, around the country. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just a very tough I don't know how else to say it. It's just a very tough thing to do. And I've looked at some, and I thought, my goodness, you know, I'm preaching and leaving and going to the next church. But yes. You've got to stay there. Stay there. You stay in the trench. Keep running the church van. Keep handing out flyers. You know, different. some crowds are smaller, some are bigger. But just, it's all you. Mm -hmm. You know, everything's you. It wasn't established. There's no, you know, there's no nothing. It's just straight from the... The, the beginning and so it's just very commendable you know for see so you've been there what 10 years now or yeah, so le, le, 11. and uh got a good crowd just great people that love the lord I've had people get saved mm -hmm. um i think uh one brother he had gotten saved and passed away and yes. uh you know what if you wouldn't have been there what if we wouldn't have been what there? if you wouldn't have been there god led you all you know maybe he'd have led somebody else i don't know i'm not the yes. lord but he, he led you all there, and that man is in heaven today heaven. because of Good Shepherd Holiness Church. You know, there was a church on Jackson Avenue mm -hmm. in Huntington, West Virginia. Same, yeah, same thing. The, I would like to throw in that, that older gentleman that gave us the church, and uh, and they had gone through a lot of transition, and they didn't really have a pastor, you know, when they gave us the church. And uh, but he stuck it out, you know. We were pen and I, I made that up front with him before he gave us the church. I said we're Pentecostal. Yeah. You guys are, are saved, sanctified. There's the doctrinal differences there. Uh -huh. And he was okay with it. And um, he still gave us the church. And he, I figured they would leave, but he stuck it out. And but we didn't know it. Ten months later, he actually died with a. He had a. Wow. He he would have had a heart attack, but he started having chest pains. Went to the hospital and. They did a heart cath, and he needed open heart, and he pursued with that and had a massive stroke during surgery and died. Oh, wow. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, to make a long story short, Brother Austin, the uh, I'll never forget one of the last revivals we had when he was still living before he got sick. I'll never forget that smile on his face when he shook my hand, and he said, I thank God he sent you by, Brother Jason. He said, I almost had let the fire go out. He said, but thank God I got the fire back. <laughs> oh. Just little things like that. Yeah. You never forget that. That's awesome. And uh, Sister Martin, Sister Kirk, those old ladies, you know, they thanked me a, a, a hundred times. We thank God he sent somebody to this town to start a church. And I can tell you time after time of people that wanted a church. You right. know, We don't run, you know, a hundred people like mainstream holiness churches. 
and we, we run a decent crowd but it's i found out it's not all in the crowd it's in what you're doing and who you're helping as you said there's people in heaven that i know for a fact because there is a church in huntington right. west virginia for them to go to and that's a that's a work yes brother shoecraft told me um one time and and he said he believes that that's one thing holding back the hand of god he said because of little churches that scattered out across the country of course we know of some pioneer works we know of several but there's probably several out there we don't know about you know people that's got a burden right people that's on the street corner people that's up some country road somebody that's up a holler just uh you know has a church in the middle of nowhere i've recently met a brother on the marco polo group that, that i was telling you we're on brother metzger he's clear out in uh, what is it montana <laughs> out there where there's nobody you know but guess what uh, he's doing he's doing a great amazing work for the lord and that's that's uh that's the whole essence of the story right. and we get caught up you know in the limelight and you know I, my church is not as big as so-and-so's church i don't have as many people but uh, that bothered me as a young preacher younger preacher but the older i get the more i realize what matters is what kind of an impact we're making where we are right or we're growing as our roots as our roots digging in right where god has planted me and if you've got you know 20 folks feed them feed the 20 you got yes you know let them you know you don't want to see the rib cage that's right the 20 people you do got Mm because you know how you gonna have 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 if you can't feed the 20 yes and so you know you're you're proof of that Mm -hmm. you're and i'm not said it on here yet but brother jason is an exceptional uh, exceptional preacher and uh you just do a wonderful job i always enjoy hearing you our church loves you and uh, probably one of our church's favorite preachers, I imagine. Thank you, brother. And uh, you, know, you just do a wonderful job, and always anointed, and always kick that leg and hoop and holler, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, just a wonderful preacher, and do a great job. And uh, you look at the church. I, you know, I've been coming to Good Shepherd now for you know nine years or whatever. I preached there many times over the years, and uh, God's just got His hand on you and the church, and is blessed. And uh, one of my favorite people. Um, she's gone now, Sister Barb. Sister Barb. One of my favorite people. She was something else. She never knew what she was going to do and, uh, in a church service. She never knew what she was going to say. Right in the middle of your preaching, she'd tell you something. <laughs> and uh, just, you know, some awesome people. And and just, you know, I, I'm not even going to start naming folks over there. Just a great church. Yes. And, uh, just just a wonderful, wonderful work. And, uh, you know, I guess you'll be there for for the the, the to, whole journey till the lord calls me elsewhere <laughs> yeah until the lord speaks elsewhere or maybe the rest of your life i don't know i heard a i heard a pastor of course he was uh jack howes he said one time and it's really stuck with me he said that's where a lot of preachers mess up at you know god put them somewhere call them to do something and and every time you turn around they're calling the lord back saying god what do you have for me won't you move me somewhere else and jack howes said this he said, once God puts you somewhere, and once he puts a calling on your life, he said, you hang the phone up, and you don't call back. You wait till God calls you. Yeah. And, and I've, I've sort of learned that. And uh, as you mentioned, that's been yeah. another thing with our church. Um, we started off with elder, a lot of elderly people. I've preached. I should have written a lot of this down. I've preached 15, 20 funerals. I've buried already you know we're a new work you've buried a whole church already yeah a pioneer work i've buried 15 or 20 already so you know we've already seen i think brother david miller uh, i heard him say somebody asked him is his church different in the 35 years he's passionate he said he said our church has turned over three times you know you turn over a crowd three times and i mean i pretty well seen that in 11 years our church has turned over you know i've buried 20 good people 
And, you know, the Lord's helped us. I mean, we still have 35, 40 folks, you know, I mean, but that that's the, the essence of the story. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a work. Right. It's like raising a child. You know, you put time in it. You put effort in it. You give it your best because um, it's, it's not man we're trying to please. It's God. Yeah, well, that's, you know, 35, 40 folks that wouldn't be at a holiness church unless they started their own because there wasn't one there. That's right. Anywhere in Huntington or surrounding areas. The closest church would probably be, um, you know, over in Catlicksburg or, you know, Flatwoods, Ashland area, still a good ways away. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's a lot of people that was touched and saved. And like I said, people in heaven today because of that church. Yes. And uh, so is there anything else before we jump off the podcast? Is there anything else you'd like to share with us about brother jason painter oh um just what we already said you know if if you if you have a burden on your heart to do a work for god step out there that was great advice i heard first service first preacher january 2010 i'll never forget that you never know what god can do until you step out never know until you'll try and and give it a shot (laughs) hey it's easy to get cold feet yes it's easy i bought i sold my house bought a fifth wheel Bought a dually truck. There wasn't nothing to it. I was excited. We was moving in it. Parked right here at the home church, but I was still working. Had the same paycheck coming every week. But Ooh. then it came down to, now it's time to quit the paycheck. Uh-oh. Now it's time to tell them, you know, I'm done. I'm leaving. I didn't have a revival. Didn't have a one-nighter. Didn't have a youth camp. I didn't have nothing. Yes. Zero. And I've been in this almost, almost all my life. A yes. good portion of my life. And I know people... You know, just from traveling around and stuff, but I didn't have nothing. And the Lord's like, "All right, it's time to go. Yeah, it's time to go." And I'm like, "But, but, but that paycheck. <laughs> you know, once I quit, I only get next week's. Yes. I only got one more coming, and Shoot. then I'm done. I got two kids, mm-hmm. a wife, bills. What am I gonna do? When it just comes to, you never know till you try. Never know till you try. Uh, and I'll say this: I don't, I'm, this is my testimony on yours, but. Anyways, the first my now not every month's been like this, but my first month evangelizing, I made more my first month than I did a month working. Praise the Lord. Now, not every month's been like that, but God has always took care of us, and that's stories I could tell for another time. It's God's and, way uh, of showing you I'm in this. That's what I thought. My first month, I thought God's showing me I'm behind you. Yes. You know, it's not always been like that. You know, every month is different, but that I'll never forget that first month. Ooh. It was everything went smooth financially, spiritually. Everything was just smooth as butter that first. 30 days Praise I thought God just putting a stamp of approval just like just like you you never know never know till you try yes and uh, just real quick a word that came to me you know as we was talking sacrifice you had to sacrifice a job you had to sacrifice security sacrifice everything you know and even in pastoring evolving through the years you know I, um, I was a nurse as, as many probably heard me tell went to college you know all those years worked at the hospital a nurse but in the process of passing the church that got in the way and uh, the Lord got to dealing with me to quit that job so now I work something totally opposite I'm a, I'm a lawn care guy yeah C- I forgot about that yeah you gave up your four-year scholarship and yeah. you still keep it going though I, I still keep my nursing license active yeah but I haven't worked as a nurse for almost four years now wow and uh so I, I work way harder. I cut yards, get out and preach a few meetings, and pastor church. I mean, it's sacrifice, but you know. You can do your own schedule, and yes, you know. that's that's why I did it. You know, the hospital yeah. wants you to work a lot of weekends, and they wanted me to work Sundays, and I refused to work Sundays. 
So they said, well, if you don't work Sundays, you got to work every Saturday. So for three years, I worked every Saturday of my life. Well, as, as any preacher knows, Saturday is your day to get ready for Sunday. Right. That's and, hard. And so you work 12 hours at the hospital and then come home 7, 8 o'clock every Saturday night. And then you got to study till midnight get ready for uh, Sunday. It was just it was just too much. It was I felt like hindering the church. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me, if you'll give that up, I'll bless you. And once again, I had to learn to sacrifice and uh-huh. trust the Lord. And I quit that job. And God's blessed me now with a thriving lawn business, way more work than I can handle. Too much work, actually. So, uh, and this goes to show you, be sensitive to the Spirit of God, and He'll lead you the right way. And if you'll pray and fast and put the Lord first and be sensitive to Him, He'll lead you in all in all ways. So every road leads back to grass. <laughs> That's how you started. Yeah, and you, every time you veered away from it, God brought you right back to the grass. <laughs> <laughs> went, went back to what I knew how to do: <laughs> cut grass and trust the Lord. Oh, that's awesome! Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast again. We appreciate it so much. Thank you, brother, and uh, just sharing your testimony. I've enjoyed it. I heard some things I've never heard before, and I've heard you preach. Been friends a long time, but uh, just enjoyed everything you had to say and hoping that it's going to touch somebody's life. That's the whole point yes. of doing this podcast and getting, you know, a lot of people probably never heard of you or your testimony or there was a church in Huntington, West Virginia, but hopefully they will now. Come see us. And, uh, you know, hopefully somebody will drop in and check you out. Yes. And a uh, wonderful church. I definitely, definitely would tell somebody to go and visit, but appreciate you coming on the podcast and just everything that you've done. I really enjoyed it, and hopefully we'll try to have Brother Jason back another time for another interview, and we hope everybody just enjoyed it. Keep on listening to the Two Peas on a Podcast, and we will see you later. of life I've run. The Lord says to me, my child, well done.